Welcome to Calvary Live. We are so glad you could join us through our podcast. Here at Calvary, we want you to live life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope today's message will be an encouragement. Well, you know, guys, as we are just celebrating the opportunity to worship in our giving, I want us to jump right in here to the Word as well. I believe that God has given me a message that is going to encourage you, that's going to build your faith, that's going to help you learn how to respond to this moment that we are in. I'm doing a series called Out of Nowhere. You know what that phrase is like. Something happens unexpected. You were unprepared. You didn't see it coming. And you say, where did that come from? And someone says, that came out of nowhere. Man, that just took us by surprise. Well, we feel that way in this coronavirus moment. We, we feel this way. Uh, no one saw this coming. But the important thing is not to spend all of our time wondering why did it happen. What we need to do is understand how do I respond? What's my response? What do I need to do in this moment? I want to remind us of a couple of things today as we go into the message. Before I read my scripture, before I begin to break this down and open this up, I want to remind you of a couple of very important things. We are in an out of nowhere moment, but Jesus said we're going somewhere. I want you to realize that we're not stuck. This isn't our forever destiny. We're in an out of nowhere moment, but we're going somewhere. We're in this season but we're passing through it. We are in it, but we're passing through it. This season is not going to define us, but it may end up developing us. I want you to grab hold of that. We're in it, but we're passing through it. And I want to ask you, as I've asked myself, what am I going to carry with me as I exit this season? What am I going to develop? What am I going to grow? What am I going to have to show for walking through this COVID-19 season. I believe God wants us to to respond correctly, and we're going to see some great things happen in our life. You see, we're learning right now, aren't we? We're developing, we're learning, we're stretching, we're pivoting, we're adjusting, we're growing stronger, we're developing compassion, we're developing gratitude, we're developing a sense of thankfulness and appreciation, we're growing stronger, but it's being clothed in a humility that we know that we know that God is for us and with us in this moment and we are pushing through. You know, we are going to have something to show for this coronavirus season that we are walking through. In fact, I want to plant an incredible thought in your heart right now. We will be known by history as the generation that conquered the coronavirus. Did you get that? I want you to focus on that. See, we're passing through today, but our eyes are on tomorrow. We have a somewhere when we've been hit with something out of nowhere. We're going to be known by history. What will history say about us? We will be the generation that goes down in history that faced and conquered the coronavirus. I believe God is with us in this moment, and we're going to see some great things happen. So again, how do we respond? How do we allow God's space to step into this season with us and bring good things out of the destructive things that could be trying to happen? You know, we ask ourselves, and everyone does, is God still in control even when I'm out of control? Is God still okay with me? Or is everything going to be all right? Is God in control even when I feel out of control? Let me give you an illustration for a moment to maybe understand this moment. I was thinking the other day about you and me and how we, we are always wanting to be in control, how we get so shaky when we think things are out of order. We forget God is right there. 
and God is in control. Do you remember how you learned to ride your bicycle? Or have you taught your child how to ride a bicycle? Think about this moment of control and out of control. You know, there's that, there, there are those steps. You put the little child on the bicycle, and they're beginning to ride, and your hand is on them. And then as you are watching them, and they seem to get steady with their little bicycle, what do you do? You take your hand off, and you see if they can stay up. And for that little child riding their bicycle, trying to learn this new maneuver, trying to go into through this new season, as long as they feel your hand on them, they're okay. But there comes that moment when you move your hand, when you take your hand off of them, and there is that split second where that child is terrified. Here they are on this bicycle, and it's wobbling, and, and they don't feel your hand. And, 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 and you're there, though, see? They don't feel your hand, but you're there. And suddenly the bike begins to tip over. It, it starts to fall, but what do you do? You grab that bike. You grab that child and everything's okay. Do you know right now, God's letting us maneuver through a new season. And there may be moments where you feel out of control. Like that child learning to ride that bicycle. Oh my goodness, I'm about to fall. But what you need to remember, your father's right there with you. His hand is right there. You're never out of his reach. So I want to remind you, we're going to come out stronger. We're going to learn some new things. We're going to be better. We're going to love God more. We're going to have more compassion, more faith, more gratitude. We're learning to respond to the moment, but God is with us every single step of the way. So I want to take a look at an out of nowhere moment in scripture. This was a moment that was completely unforeseen by those that were a part of it. Jesus knew what would happen, but the disciples were completely caught off guard. This was an out of nowhere moment. I want to take you in to an upper room for the last supper with Jesus and the disciples. It was a Passover feast. It was the final hours before his, his uh, arrest and his crucifixion. But the disciples had no idea. We're in the upper room. We're around the table with Jesus. The disciples are gathered there and, and they're talking and Jesus is teaching. And this is their mindset. Think about the disciples in this moment, right before the out of nowhere moment came. What are they thinking about? We read in scripture, what were they talking about? Well, they were just enjoying a meal. They were lounging. They were relaxed. They were, they were eating. It, it was a celebration. They were thinking about the week that had just passed. They had triumphantly followed Jesus into Jerusalem. No one had ever had that kind of welcome. Not the generals, not their, not their kings, no one. Jesus rode into Jerusalem. The crowds were waving palm branches. The children were, were praising God. It was incredible. And these disciples were watching this. All through the week, the interest in Jesus was building. The crowds were growing. They would come to the temple courts and listen to him all day long. All oh, the disciples were thinking of grandeur and glory. In fact, at the Last Supper, in that upper room, there began to be a debate. We could really say an argument among them. Which one of us is going to be greatest? When Jesus has made the earthly king, see, that's all they could see. He's about to be crowned. Jesus is about to be made the king, and we want to be his lieutenants. Who's on the right hand? Who's on the left hand? They argued among themselves. And then, come on, Jesus told them in that moment, one of you is about to betray me. It's like they missed the whole thing. They were completely unaware of what was happening. But Jesus knew what was happening. He was trying to prepare them. He was trying to get them ready. I'm going to read to you the verse that were the last words of Jesus at the last supper before he prayed and they went to the garden. 
What did Jesus have to say? The disciples were clueless. Thinking of grandeur and kingdoms and position and debating and arguing. Jesus saying again, one of you around this table will betray me. It's like they didn't even comprehend it. But this is what Jesus said. And Mark, uh, pardon me, John chapter 16 and verse number 33, Jesus gives them a statement. He was trying to prepare them if they could have understood exactly what was happening. They weren't ready for the moment. Jesus was trying to prepare them. He said, I've told you these things. See, he had been teaching them, talking to them around the table for a couple of three hours. He said, I've told you these things. Why? Three things. So that in me, you can have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I've overcome the world. Three things, he said, you need to know. I'm trying to prepare you. You're, you're, you're missing the moment. You have no idea what's about to happen. So he says, I want you to realize you can have peace in the out-of-nowhere moment. I want you to realize in this world, you're going to have some out-of-nowhere moments. There's going to be some trouble. But he said, bottom line, I want you to take heart. Watch this, past tense. I have. In the mind of God, it's already done. I have. I've already been there. I have overcome any trouble that can come to you out of this world. Guys, I want you to know something today. In the midst of this unplanned, out of nowhere, COVID-19 pandemic, God was not caught off guard. And he makes three promises to you that he made to those disciples on that night in the upper room. He says, you can have peace in the midst of the storm. You can have peace walking through the virus season. He said, I'm going to give you peace. What a gift from God. In one place, Jesus said, my peace I give to you. So I want to speak that in your life today. Are you ready? You need to remember these three things. You can have peace. Then Jesus said, trouble will come. We should stop being surprised that this world is not perfect. We should stop being overwhelmed. We should stop feeling like a victim. We should stop reacting like children when this world acts like a world that is not yet surrendered to God. It's the world we live in. He says, listen, you can have peace. Trouble and pressure will come. But I have overcome this world. I have won the battle. I have gone before you. I'm going to walk with you through this season. And we're going to overcome this. I'm thankful those things that Jesus said. So let's back up and take a look. What were some of the things he said while they were in that upper room? What was he doing to prepare them? The, the, he said, I told you these things so you'll have peace. I told you these things so you won't be knocked off your faith when trouble comes. And I've told you these things, why? So you'll never forget as you walk through this season, I've already overcome it. There's a very telling moment in his conversation with them in the upper room. I want to read that in Luke chapter 22. And verse number 31, Luke 22 and verses 31 and 32 were a startling moment. In the midst of this conversation, uh, Jesus looks at Peter and this is what he said. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked, watch this, to sift all of you as wheat. Peter, Simon, Satan has asked. To sift all of you as wheat. Look at this next verse. But I have prayed for you. Thank God. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. Here's what Jesus prayed. He said, Satan is trying to strategize your fall. Satan is trying to strategize your defeat. Every one of you in this room, Satan is seeking permission to shipwreck your faith. But I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail. 
And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. You see, guys that are with me today, believers and non-believers, every one of us on this broadcast, every one of us in this online moment, I want you to understand God has a plan to bless you and help you and encourage you. And according to his words in John 10, to give you life more abundantly. But Satan has a plan to steal and kill and destroy every good thing in your life. See, Satan's plan is, what did he say? Satan wants to sift you like wheat. Satan wants to violently shake you. He wants to come out of nowhere and come against your life and shake everything up and cause you to lose your faith, for you to lose your balance and get off track and and become fearful and full of panic. Satan is the one that comes out of nowhere and tries to shake and rattle every good thing in your life. Uh, remember we saw that in the other messages I presented on out of nowhere the same terminology used when the storm rushed down on the disciples on the Sea of Galilee it was a furious storm the word is like an earthquake that was given you're thrown to and fro you're shaking violently Satan wants to come out of nowhere and rattle everything going on in your life but I want you to see something in the midst of this because Jesus said I'm in control Hebrews 12 Verses 27 through 28 are something you need to know and remember when you think about this conversation with Jesus and Peter in that upper room. Look at Hebrews 12, 27. The words once more indicate, watch this, the removing of what can be shaken. So, so what can be shaken in these out of nowhere moments? Watch this. That is created things so that what cannot be shaken may remain. So what cannot be shaken may remain look at verse 28 we find him say therefore since we're receiving a kingdom the kingdom of God the life of Jesus in us so therefore since we're receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and all we are receiving what a kingdom that cannot be shaken the Bible says there will be season where Satan comes against us through these out-of-nowhere moments to try to shake us and rob our faith and knock us off the plans and the purposes of God and rattle your life. But the Bible tells us that there are certain things in you and in me, no matter the storm or the circumstance, that simply cannot be shaken. Why? Because they belong to God. They're the kingdom of God. They're the works that God is doing in our life. And so when we go through a time of shaking, like Satan wanted to do to Peter, you need to know that God is able to keep us from falling. He is praying for our faith and there are only going to be losses of things that don't matter, but the important things are going to remain because his kingdom cannot be shaken. I want to go back to the the scriptures there in Luke and I want you to look at something. It's important. You need to understand this. Again, I'm trying to help us realize we're in a season, but we're passing through the season. We're learning to respond to it and we need to remember some important things that are being said. As we go back here to Luke chapter 22 and this conversation between Peter and Jesus, I want you to notice this. He said, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. Watch this very closely. But I have prayed for you, verse 32, Simon, what? What was the issue? Simon, I prayed that your faith, that your faith may not fail. Watch this. 
And when you've turned back, strengthen your brothers. I go back to verse 31. Simon, Satan has asked. Satan has asked. He doesn't have free reign against you. You belong to Jesus Christ. You're a part of the kingdom of God. His hand is on you. Satan is limited. I want you to say that where you are right now. Satan is limited. He could not do just anything he wanted to do. He asked. He needed permission. He needed a place to come, way to approach and attack us. But the good news is he's limited. He can't come at us anytime he wants to, any way he wants to. He cannot shake us above the power of God to hold us. Look with me at 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number 13. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, we read this. No temptation, no test. Say it with me. Would you do it? Right where you are, say no test. Say it, no temptation. Say it, no coronavirus. Say that, no coronavirus has overtaken me except what is common to man. And God is faithful. I love the King James translation here. It says, but God is faithful. I want you right now with me. Look in the face of the coronavirus and say, but God is faithful. Everything's rattled, but God is faithful. The enemy's trying to shake me, but God is faithful. Everything's rocking and reeling, but God is faithful. What? He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Satan is limited and God is faithful. Satan is limited and God is faithful. He already has a way out for you. He already knows how to take you from where you are to the place he's promised you. Never forget what I've been teaching you. When the crisis comes out of nowhere, remember God's taking you somewhere. You're not going to fall in this crisis. This isn't going to be the end of it. He said you're able to stand. I'm praying for you, Peter. Satan's going to come, but I'm praying for you, Peter. Well, what happened after that moment? They left the upper room. They go into the garden to pray. We, we know that was a common experience for them. We know that was something Jesus loved to do. He loved to retreat to quiet places to pray. They were familiar with the Garden of Gethsemane. To them, it was a secure place. To them, it was a friendly place. And Jesus, knowing what was about to happen, knowing what the enemy was trying to do, said, we've got to pray. Come on, men, stay awake and pray with me. But they fell asleep. They fell asleep. It was too comfortable. It was too convenient. They had no idea What was about to happen? Jesus had been preparing them. Jesus had been speaking to them. And yet it was out of nowhere while he's praying that the mob comes. And really he was not arrested. He was apprehended. He was kidnapped. He was abducted. There was no trial. He was not guilty. There was no summons for him. He was abducted and kidnapped out of the garden praying. And the disciples, what did they do? Because they, they, they were overwhelmed because they were shaken off their stance. They ran and fled and left him there by himself. Wow. I don't know if you've ever felt that you made that kind of step. Stay with me. There's hope for every single one of us. So Peter flees. He had said to him, Peter, Simon, Simon, all of you, Satan wants to sift you. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you so that your faith will not fail. Peter flees into the darkness. And then he decides, I'm going to slip into the court of the high priest. 
I'm going to follow at a distance and watch what happened. Listen, you know what happens right before you deny Jesus? You're, you're curious, but you're not committed. <laughs> Peter wanted to know what's going to happen, but he wasn't committed. He was just there because he was curious. That always leads to a denial of Jesus. And so here he is. Here he is. Peter's bitterly disappointed in himself. He has denied Jesus three times. He walks out into the darkness of night. And he feels like he's failed and, and, and it'll never be the same again. And he's living with that guilt and that condemnation. Jesus had tried to prepare him. Hey, I'm praying for you. Remember, you can have peace even in the crisis. Remember, the trouble will come, but, but, but I've overcome it. Remember that I'm praying for you. But it seemed like Peter had blown it. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt like you've just blown it, like, like, like there's nothing you can do and, and you've sinned too much and you've waited too long and you've gone too far or, or, or you've just given up fighting the virus, fighting the crisis, fighting the unemployment, the health issues? I just give up. Peter walked out a defeated man. But you need to understand something. Jesus was true to his word. Jesus was faithful to do what he said. And, 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 and we look at this because, you see, when, when, when we go back and look at those verses, he says to him in verse 32 of Luke chapter 22, he says, but I have prayed for you, Simon. I have prayed for you. I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. Watch this. Watch this. And when you have turned back. Did you see that? He said, hey, Peter, I want you to know I'm praying for you. You're, you're, you're about to go fail. You're about to go fall on your face, but I won't forsake you. And there's going to come a moment when you're going to turn back around and get on track. This thing that knocked you down is not going to knock you out. This scenario that seemed to be the bitter end is not going to destroy you. You're going to come back. You're going to turn around. It's not going to be too late. I believe today that I'm here speaking to you right now to remind you, you can turn it around. God is still there. It's not too late. This situation is not going to define you. It may develop you, but not define you. You're coming out. You're going to be restored. We're going to see God do some great things. Peter, when you come back, when you turn Back. See, Jesus was there. I want you to remember something. I want you to listen to this. Remember Jesus said, I have overcome. Right here before he fell, Jesus said, you're going to turn back. So listen, the next time something comes at you out of nowhere, you need to remember, hey, I'm going somewhere. And when you arrive there, Jesus has already been there. Come on. He's already gone into the future and conquered. So say it with me. The next time it comes out of nowhere, I must remember I'm going somewhere and Jesus has already been there. He's already gone into the worst moment of your life and made a way for you to come out and defeated the work of the enemy that's there and prayed that your faith will not fail today. Now, here, I want you to say, my faith is not going to fail. If I have fallen, it's not over. I'm turning back. I'm coming back. I'm running back to Jesus. Jesus was there. He said, when you come 
pack. You see, this is what I know. And this is what you need to understand. And maybe this is your moment right now. See, Jesus already knew that there was a breakfast appointment waiting on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. That Simon would fall so far and come under such guilt and be so hopeless and feel so out of control that he walked off from the call to be an apostle. And he went back fishing and he fished all night and he caught nothing but at the dawn of that next day Jesus was there standing on the shore of the sea of his failure waiting to have breakfast with him and restore him you see he said when you turn back I'm telling you God knows it's your time to turn back I'm telling you right now is our turnaround day we have an appointment waiting for us it's called restoration it's called God will restore what the enemy's stolen God will return what the virus has ripped and robbed from you it's not too late to turn around it's not too long to come back to him there's an appointment waiting there's a encounter waiting I believe it's right here and right now oh Jesus says when you turn back it's a turnaround time for us we're turning back to God our faith is turning back we have an appointment with him you see Satan will try to shift and sift and shake you until you feel it's all over until you've lost everything but this word trouble that Jesus used in John 16 in this world you're going to have some trouble that word could be translated pressure it's the word used in the Greek language for crushing grapes and crushing olives you know what he said hey now remember you got my peace because I'm with you and there are going to be moments in life that bring the pressure on that bring the pressure on you. It's going to be the, the picture of putting grapes in a vat and crushing them so the pulp and the juice is released. It's the picture of the heavy stone going through the olive meal, grinding the olive down and releasing the valuable oil that's on the inside. Are you ready for this? This is what happens when we walk with the Lord through the crisis out of nowhere moments. Life pressures us. But it doesn't destroy us. Life pushes on us, but it doesn't defeat us. It's like Jesus praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. It's like Jesus coming to that moment where he knelt down and he prayed, Father, it's not my will, but your will be done. The Garden of Gethsemane. Gethsemane is the word that simply says the olive press. The olive press. Do you know what they used the oil from the best olives for? It made the holy oil of anointing in the temple. Do you understand that as you are praying, when there is pressure, you're not losing. It's releasing the anointing of the Holy Spirit. If I will pray under pressure, if the pressure tries to crush me and beat me and knock me down, it won't destroy me. It just releases the greater one that's inside of me. I want you to understand today. This world and the coronavirus may be putting pressure on you, but we're not going to lose. We're not going to jettison our faith. We're not going backwards. We're about to see a turnaround. I feel so strongly in my spirit that as you were with me today, you were here and you've been out of church for a while and, and you've been discouraged. You've gotten away from God. Listen to me. Come on. Let's put this thing right back in the devil's face. He thought he would destroy you, but this virus has become your appointment to turn your life around and come back to Jesus. My Christian friend, you may feel out of control and helpless. You may feel that you
you failed, that you missed your moment. But today, let's turn it around. This pressure, this trouble Jesus said would come is not greater than he is. He said, I've overcome it. I'm with you. I'm for you. What is this pressure going to do? It's just going to release the anointing out of our life. It's going to release the presence of Jesus. There's something inside of you that's greater than you know about. And this season is not going to destroy you. It's going to release you. It's going to develop you. You're going to see some great things that God does. In fact, the devil should have left you alone. (laughs) The devil should have left Peter alone. Because you see what happens here. I'm back again in Luke chapter 22 and verse 32. Listen to what Jesus says. Before any of this happened, he's already been there. He says, but I have prayed for you. I pray for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, we've been talking about that. And when you turn back, are you ready? It's not just changing his life. It's not just giving him another opportunity. The devil should have left him alone. The enemy should have never put this virus out because he said, and when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. Did you hear that? (laughs) What the devil called a failure was just your comeback. What the enemy designed to destroy you is an opportunity for you to turn back to God and strengthen the others because of your testimony. God's going to use what the enemy has designed to destroy you to actually bring hope and help to the others that are around us. I love these verses. Look with me at 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Verses 3 and 4. Second Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. It is a powerful, powerful reminder that when we turn around, when God restores us, when God brings us back online, it doesn't stop with us. Look at this, Second Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. Are you ready for verse 4? Who comforts us and all of our troubles. There's that same word. He said there's going to be trouble and pressure. But he's with you. Watch this. So why? So that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Do you know what Peter began to do? He said, hey, if he did it for me, he can do it for you. He comforted me at my lowest moment. He restored me in my greatest crisis. I fell flat on my face and he was there to pick me up. And if he can do it for me, he can do it for you. You see, what we're finding here is that God is in control when we're out of control. He's reminding us, hey, I am going to give you peace. I want you to claim it right now. Say, I have peace in my life peace in my home. I'm trusting the Lord. It's okay. If trouble comes at me, he's already overcome that trouble. He's already made a way from me. When something comes out of nowhere, Jesus said, we're going somewhere and he's already been there. My friend, this pressure, this trouble is releasing the greatness of God out of us. It's releasing the glory of God in his church. It's preparing us for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. My dear friend, wouldn't you love to see a viral pandemic explosion of the glory of God on this planet? Oh, I would love to see that. But I'm looking at someone right now. You and I had an appointment today. We had an appointment today. You said, Pastor, I've turned my back on God. I've been away from God. I've failed God. Well, today, my friend, turn back. Come home. Grab this moment. You may feel like Peter. You may feel like, I failed. I blew it. I, I denied him. Right now. Right now. Jesus is saying, turn back. Turn back. 
come on back. You might say, well, pastor, I've heard so many people. I've made so many mistakes. What happened to Peter when he turned back? He strengthened the other brothers. They saw him come back and it gave them courage to come back. He became a leader. Oh, we read about Peter in Acts chapter 2. What happened to him after he turned back? He stood up on the day of Pentecost and preached the first sermon in the church and 3,000 people got saved. We read about him in Acts chapter 3 praying for a lame man and he jumps on his feet. Miracles began to happen. We read about him in Acts chapter 12 locked in a prison for preaching the gospel and angels came and delivered him. We read about him in Acts chapter 15 walking down the streets of Jerusalem and his mere shadow falling on sick people and they were made well. The best part of you is yet to come. The plans of God have not been muted and thrown away. God has a somewhere for you in the middle of the nowhere. I want you to right now realize it's your moment. Come back to Christ. Turn your heart back to him. Turn your life back to him. Allow him to come in at this moment and restore you. His plan is there. Maybe today as a believer, as a Christian friend, you've just been overwhelmed by the conditions of the coronavirus. My friend, God is with us. Jesus is with you. He is there to give you peace. He is there to tell you, hey, no matter the trouble you're facing, the pressure that's on you, it's not going to destroy you. It's going to release something greater. And I've already overcome it. I want you to say right now, I've already overcome. Jesus has already made a way. I'm going to come out stronger. I'm going to come out greater. I'm going to have more faith. I'm going to love God more. He's going to use me in a greater way. This moment is where God turns it around. And I declare that over you today in the very name of Jesus Christ. Dear friend, we are ready. We are trusting. Our eyes are on him. He's walking us through this moment. And I know your testimony is going to be a great one. We would love to pray for you right now. We're live with our pastors. They're there uh, reaching out to you through the chat opportunities. And if you'll message us, if you'll reach out, we'll pray, we'll believe, we'll stand with you. Come on home. Come on home today. Let God turn it around. Come on back from that far place. It's your moment. It's ordained by God. This was an appointment for you. And Christian friend, we'd love to pray with you and speak blessing and favor over your life. I have enjoyed sharing this message with you today. It's so great to connect during these times. I want you to know God's with you and God's with us. He's for us today. Blessings, blessings, blessings on you. I look forward to sharing with you again. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can connect with us live each Wednesday and Sunday through our social media pages. If today's message has blessed you, please rate and review us so that more people can hear this message of Christ. Find out more about Calvary on our website at calvaryassembly.org.